March 19th marks the one-year anniversary of the most recent volcanic eruption in Iceland called Geldingadalsgoth. It started on March 19th in the evening and it officially ended on September 18th of 2021. We have some great interviews with Icelandic Roots volunteers and family members who saw the volcano with their own eyes and we wanted to share these interviews from our archives on this one-year anniversary. So enjoy. Welcome to the Icelandic Roots podcast, where we celebrate the heritage, culture, and history of Iceland through stories, music, and interviews with interesting people. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Icelandic Roots podcast. I am Will. And I'm Natalie. And today we are talking about volcanoes, the volcano that has been erupting since March of this year in the Reykjanes Peninsula in Iceland. And we can start with a trivia question, and I can ask you, how do you pronounce its name? So the volcano is located near Fjall, which is a mountain in the area. And the volcano itself is so interesting because when it first opened up from the video footage that I've seen, I obviously wasn't there when it opened up, but it was a smaller crater spewing lava. And it took a while to name it because... This volcano is a shapeshifter. It opens up in one spot and then it opens up in another spot. And there was one time when there was nine open craters. And I believe there's only one now that is temperamental. <laughs> you could say that. The name that they came up with was Geldingadalsgos. was named after the valley in which the eruption started in. So the the Geldingadalr is like the valley of the Geldings, which are horses. And it's since flown into other valleys, so I'm not really sure if this is the name that they're going to stick with forever or if it might evolve. Gotcha. But at this point, if you say the volcano, people in Iceland can assume you're talking about the one that's erupting right now. Yes, and the key word is right now. There's a lot of earthquake activity around the whole island. So, you know, in the next year, there might be more than one flowing. We don't know. <laughs> right. And so we're recording this chat right now in the beginning of October here. And at this point, recently, it passed the six month mark. So it's been erupting for more than six months, which makes it the longest eruption in more than 50 years in Iceland. Which is incredible. Yeah. And it has attracted so many tourists, at least 300,000 people have visited the volcano, according to the Icelandic Tourist Board, wow. um, just in the last six months. So the real number, they say, is probably higher, uh, actually, since they only installed the counting mechanisms uh, five days after mm. the initial eruption. <laughs> This volcano is, this might sound cheesy, but it's kind of, I feel like it's dear to my heart because it started when I was still living in Reykjavik. It started with earthquakes. And even though I grew up in British Columbia, I had not experienced earthquakes before. And it was an earthquake swarm. It was every day the earth 
the walls of your home, it was shaking and it was a bit unsettling. And it was almost gratifying that the eruption happened while I was there because it's like, okay, I put up with that for two weeks and I got to see what happened. But it, I'd never hiked out to get close to the volcano, which is why we interviewed people who did. But before I left Iceland, it had evolved from having several fissures and one big fissure to acting like a geyser. So the lava would just spew hundreds of meters in the air. Wow. And you could see it from Vestabair. You could look out at the ocean and you could see across the bay the eruption. And I'd walk my son to school and we'd be like, oh, look, there's the lava. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then. When I moved home to Canada on our flight away from Iceland, the pilots of Iceland Air, we had to fly to um, Heathrow Airport in London in order to get to Canada. We got to fly directly over the eruption. And so wow. I had the window seat. I got to peer down and see the lava in the crater, even though nothing was erupting. But it was it was a really cool experience. And I can only imagine through these interviews, what it would be like to see it close up. First, we have your interview with Ellen de Reuter. Can you introduce Ellen to our Icelandic Roots podcast audience? Ellen de Reuter is a volunteer with Icelandic Roots. She's a genealogist. She specializes in Icelandic midwives and their stories. She was born in Iceland, but she grew up and raised her family in Australia. Although right now they are currently living in Iceland for a couple years to get the experience of being in her homeland. So she'll tell us about what it was like when she went, including the crazy weather that can happen in Iceland. So we'll hear from Eileen first. Excellent. Let's get into it. We went on the 18th of April and it was a Sunday and um, we just, we'd, we'd been wanting to go sort of, yeah, my, most, more my husband, he was sort of pushing it a bit more than me. I was happy to just, happy to go just whenever, you know, um, to go in, around Easter, but it was really busy and we thought we'd just sort of let the rush die down and we had a few spikes in the COVID, um, the COVID's, COVID cases in Iceland too. So we sort of held back a bit too, but, um. In mid-April, we, we decided to, on a fairly quiet weekend, we decided to make the hike out and we went with a couple of friends so um, and their three kids and my and my son came along as well. We just, uh, yeah, thought we'd bite the bullet and do it. How long did it take you to walk out there? So we, it took us about two hours. There, we were a group of... Um, so there were four kids um, and two adults. So we just sort of took our time. We, we left at midday. We left at, at one o'clock. Um, and the weather, we did check the weather before we went and we knew it was supposed, supposed to be a little bit patchy. So we yeah. could have been a little bit windy, um, a little bit of uh, rain and sleet. Um, but when we when we left, the weather was fine. Um, and it took us two hours to walk into the into the valley. Yeah, it was. I think it was a round trip of ten kilometers. Um, yeah, and I just knew my younger children. My youngest is seven, 
and mm. and then an 11 year old and we left them at home and I'm glad I did because they're yeah. not good walkers because that's not it's not easy walking either you, there's elevations and it's is it yeah. quite rocky there were two spots that were um, quite steep, um, but you know, I, we did see people of all ages and all different physical conditions doing it. I think yeah. the whole thing is just you just walk at your own pace. Um, there's no, there was no real rush to get there and back, and so you know, anyone could do it. I, you know, I know my children would want me to piggyback them, and I just, I think I had enough trouble myself getting up the hill without having to piggyback a child. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that being said, though, there were plenty of people with younger children as well. So, can you describe what the volcano was like when you were there? So, we, when we arrived um, into the valley, we saw first of all, we just saw all the lava. So, a, a field of, um, of lava that had cooled down. And so, it was all sort of black in color. As we walked into the valley, we, we were pelted in it, pelted by a hailstorm. It was oh, no. weather that day. The weather changed every five minutes. So, you know, as we're walking in, we, we walked into a bit of a hailstorm, but um, it didn't last long. And, um, but it was just this big, yeah, it was a, the whole view was this lava valley. Um, and as we got closer to it, you know, you could you could hear it and then feel it. So you felt the heat, sort wow. of felt the heat off the off the lava. We were able to get quite close to it. Um, you could hear it crackling like glass, like it was it made the wow. yeah the strangest noise up close. We didn't get too close. Mm-hmm. There was because it's it's unstable. You can you know that underneath it is 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 still boiling hot and it's still moving. It's moving. Right. Um, even though it looks like it's dry, like it's hard, it's black, and but you can hear the movement in it, um, this this crackling like a glass sound. It's it's a really strange sound but it's yeah. quite interesting because there's something you don't hear on the TV. You know, you see this beautiful, beautiful vision of the, the volcano. Mm-hmm that's come out but the sounds and and then as we walked further into the valley we um we saw the side of the actual volcano craters and I think at the time we went there were there were five in a row that were active um yeah and there were two major ones that were they had the heaviest sort of um lava flow um and we were able to walk up walk up this bit of a um, slope, like a side of a mountain. That's where a lot of the people were. Um, yeah. And just um, enjoying a view of the the craters um, erupting. And so we walked up this slope and sat down and had a, we brought a bit of a picnic with us. We brought some drinks nice. and some food um, after our two-hour walk and sat on the top of this hill and, and enjoyed the the view before us. We did read the forecast before we went in, and they hadn't closed the area, and there were people on on site. The rescue, mm. the rescue people. Um, so you, I felt quite sort of. Um, there felt sort of a bit of sense of security having them around. You know, it's a it's a very dangerous area. It's all live lava and and you know unpredictable and it actually you know it acted as a bit of a heater because it was a bit cool with the wind so mm-hmm. when we were sitting down you could feel this sort of wave of heat come 
and it kept you oh, no. once you were sort of away from it. You'd um, <laughs> so it was yeah. an amazing, a really amazing um, experience, and it's not something you know. Being from Australia, um, it's not something that I'll ever get to experience in Australia. There, I think all the volcanoes there are extinct, so mm. yeah, we kind of wanted to be be able to witness it while it's so close to. Well, you know, it's accessible, you know. Yeah. So we wanted to have a go and have a look. And our son, he loved it. He was he was ha- so happy he came and mind-boggling and awe-inspiring. And my husband just yeah. kept saying, oh, this is so surreal. It's like looking at it on the TV in a way. Like it's just so surreal being here. Um, yeah. But we all thought it was amazing. Tick off the bucket list. I've been to a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Amazing that you went when you did because I've only seen it on TV, but it has changed so much since it started. I watched the Reykjavik Grapevine newscast recently where they are there and it's doing its gazer activity now or just shoots lava up. Like, I think I would be scared to go now and be so close to that. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's kind like you said, it's constantly changing. So, I mean, I think. I know people that have been 12 times or more. Oh, wow. Because they, yeah, they love it. They just love it and they know that it's, they've been there from the start and just seeing it in all its different forms and the way it changes and, yeah, seeing the power of it now, um, the fact that we can see it from Reykjavik, you know, at night, you can see that red glow in the sky and even during the day Mm -hmm. you can see a view of it, you've seen the view and it's... yeah. But just that is amazing, you know. You see the you see the smoke in the in the horizon. Well, that being said, that it's changing so much and so often. I know it might be different by the time North Americans can come and view it for fun. But if do you have any advice or suggestions for anyone who's going to come here and go out to see the volcano? You know, just in general. Yeah, well, I guess it's just you, like, um, if you're planning on coming, always check for the, the weather conditions, check their website um, before you go out to, they, they let you know, because um, I have people out there all the time letting you know the gas level, so it's just a matter of checking. And footwear, did you wear running shoes or hiking shoes? or? Oh, yes, definitely, good hiking shoes. Um, my son doesn't own a pair of good hiking shoes he so he wore runners he just yeah. wore runners so I mean it is it is possible to do it in runners um and I I have a good pair of hiking boots I have heard that the hike all the a lot of the outdoor shops in Iceland have sold out or like their, oh. a lot of their hiking gear they've they're wow. yeah when this volcano erupted people went out and bought all this hiking stuff, boots, shoes, all the gear to view <laughs> this volcano. So it's actually yeah. quite, my friend was saying it's quite hard to find, you know, proper hiking clothes because a lot of the stores had sold out so much. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Good for the hiking business. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So my, my final question is if you had the opportunity, would you go again? I'm not in a rush to go back, but my husband, he would love to go back um, and I think he probably will. Um, my daughter, my my 11-year-old daughter would love to go back. Well, actually, she 
is the one that didn't want to go and she's decided now that she would like to because a lot of her friends have gone to see it. So okay. she wants to go. But um, like I said, I'm not in a rush to go back. I have seen it once, but I guess if if a day was planned, my husband decided he wanted to plan a day out to do it, then, yeah, I'd go again. Thank you for sharing your experience with us, Aileen, and those of us who can't go or who <laughs> are not able to come to Iceland, we can live through your stories and obviously can watch it live on YouTube, which is so exciting. It sure is. Thank you so much. Thanks. So our next interview is with two Icelandic Roots volunteers who are from Iceland, live in the north of Iceland currently. We have Valdemar Gunnarsson and Sveinbjörg Sveinbjörg's daughter. Both do genealogy work for Icelandic Roots and they share their experience of coming all the way down from Akrey in the north to Reykjavik and making the trek out to see the volcano just to experience it with their own eyes and it was such a delight to hear their perspective as being Icelanders and how they felt about the volcano and what it meant for them. Right all right excellent let's let's take a listen. I think there have been about 25 or so volcanic eruptions in Iceland just in my lifetime. Oh wow. I have I have never seen one I don't know why, because uh, I had, uh, well, a few opportunities to to do so, to go to the volcano and, and take a look, but I didn't. So I think this might be my last chance. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was really interested, and it's, uh, it's uh, relatively easy to get there. Mm-hmm in spite of, of old feet and things like that. <laughs> so we decided to to take a walk. Yeah. Sveinberg had seen eruptions before. But of course he followed me. <laughs> well, this is the biggest eruption I have seen because uh, I have seen, uh, well, I, I, I didn't get so close to Eyjafjallajökull. Mm. Um, but I was, I have a summer house in the neighborhood, so uh, the, the ash came all over my house. Oh. So it was rather scary to, to so I, I didn't want to go very close, because the, there were so many tragedies in that eruption. Yes. Yeah. Especially uh, the, the farmers lost a lot of, uh, of animals. And it was not nice view, uh, sights to see the, the, the yeah. sheep and, and, and know about all, all those uh, animals. But um, uh, but I could see it from my summer house. I could see the smoke. And it was it was huge. It was so much more than this. But this is a tourist eruption. Yes, <laughs> it, 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 and it's the most beautiful. Uh, a volcanic eruption that I have seen because mm-hmm. of, of the forms that are made are coming from the, the, the lava. Great. I, I like. I saw the Hekla uh, uh, eruption from Hekla 
and it was yeah. the same uh, as very similar to to see the the, the lava coming forth and growing mm. the the red is uh, hot uh, growing underneath. So yeah, it is it's moving like uh, like an animal forwards. It's it's impossible to describe the the feeling that you get from from knowing that the earth is is doing this and, and yeah amazing to see it and it was uh, the feeling uh, of of how small we are the human beings uh, with this uh, gigantic uh, um, say, uh, well uh, force yeah yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, was, uh, I was a little bit afraid of uh, of the uh, what we cannot see the, the smoke mm. from it and the the the, yes. so, the, the gas, gas the poisonous gas. I think I have of course seen pictures, both uh, pictures and, and movies from or videos, but the, the sound was most important to me mm. because I haven't. I hadn't heard anything, but being there less than 100 meters from, I think the sound is it's not, I'm not able to describe it. It, yeah. it, it, it reminded me of, of, a, of some, some kind of animal or, or a beast coming towards you. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's crawling yeah. like with his squeaks and <laughs> and like yeah. that. I was not so much uh, interested in the crater itself. Yeah, it was more or less what I had seen, and it didn't go that high at that time. Whether uh, three weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But but the lava stream going mm-hmm. as fast as. Brisk walk or maybe jogging person yeah. could have followed it, and yeah. just just melting everything that it came to. And after a while, the surface like cooled off, and it was frozen. Yeah, stopped. But you could hear that it still was flowing underneath. Oh and wow! A little bit, little bit away, uh, it, because it had uh, it had uh, risen to maybe four or five meters, and you could hear inside was something going on, and every now and then a little bit broke off and opened like a window. Uh-huh. See the glow inside. Interesting. Um, yeah, we could see that in some places this window this window had opened and the lava come out of different color so you could see it. Oh. And this was really interesting, but yeah, we are very small. <laughs> yeah. I, I must add that I am afraid of uh, the people that come there, and they they do not all of them realize the forces and right. and uh, how merciless the nature is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Yeah, I'm afraid that there will be an accident or even more someday. I don't know. Yeah. I sit on the edge of my seat when I see on the TV people that want to try and touch it or <laughs> the, the day when there is a whole bunch of new ones that opened and in the morning they'd shown there was a crowd standing there and then yeah. in the afternoon when people were cleared all of a sudden there was a new a new event oh, it's, it's a miracle no one has been yeah. harmed so far though it's no. really but good when we came actually we were just walking towards the, towards the crater we saw a man in, in blue yeah. climbing up in the new lava Ooh. Just coming through one of these glowing windows, but yeah. it's one. And I said to Swinburne, I think this must be a, a scientist or just an idiot. <laughs> and uh, yeah. then we went out to the crater and we sat down and, and uh, drank our coffee and stuff like that. And when we going back, we met this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where he was from. He spoke English, and but he was not. That was not the tongue. I I could hear that. And we were talking about the lava and stuff like that. And he said that he had been there half an hour before or so. <laughs> and then it was much smaller. This window. I told him I had seen him. Mm-hmm. I told him what I said to Gregor. <laughs> You must be a scientist or an idiot. <laughs> well, I am both, he said. <laughs> and when we left, I saw that he was going, he was climbing up there again. Oh. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I think we know that this is very dangerous. Uh, it can be very dangerous, but yeah. But it's also very exciting. Yes. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And if this volcano, like they say, could possibly be going for, you know, months, maybe years, maybe a long, long time. Do you have any, like, do you have any tips of what to bring when you go see a volcano? Or? I have good shoes on the beach. Good shoes. Yeah. And, and uh, well, enjoy it, but be careful. Take care. Not to not to be too close, but... Yeah, and with respect. Mm. Yeah. Because the nature is so much, so much more power than we have. And yeah. as people said, it, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Just the day before it began, uh, a geologist said that, no, there will no, not be an, an eruption there. No, just earthquakes and stuff like that. Next day, yeah. Yes. The explosion <laughs> and eruptions began. So even even the scientists can not tell us what will happen next. Yeah. It's difficult to to predict the the future. Yes, sure. Of course. And then, uh, but uh, now they are planning to to make it. Uh, more uh, the access better for tourists. Right. To, to, so, so I think that they will 
have better control uh, after a while. Yeah. If you go there or anyone who goes up there, yeah, you obey what the people are, the guards will tell you. If they tell you not to go there, don't go. Right. Because even if they don't know very much, they know better than we do. Yes. I think so. Yes. And if, if they go there when it's dark in the night, so you better have a flashlight. Right. It's, it's very steep and it can be difficult to, to, to see what's beneath you. It's not easy hiking. <laughs> yeah. No? Where, where, where we went, there were two steep slopes, slopes mm. very steep. And uh, it was uh, it was worse to go down. And yeah. And it was very windy, so so it yeah. was you had to, the it's important to have good clothes and yeah. and take your time to to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, we don't think so, but you never know, of course. But even yeah. even if the eruption stops. The yeah. lava is the lava is a wonderful thing to to see. And it takes right. it takes about one and a half hours to go up there when you walk slowly. Yeah. If, if you are young and, and fit, you can perhaps take take that in one hour. But wow. for us, one and a half well, hour. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah. yeah. We might even go there again. I don't know. Yeah. If it stays on, if it goes on for months, we might see. Yeah. see but we are getting older, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. It was a nice meeting, too. So our final interview comes from my Icelandic relatives. I love my family up there so much. I've visited them three times, three times. And they're, they're such a wild crew. They got a bunch of little kids and they live in Reykjanesbyr. So uh, very close to the Keflavik airport. And they say they can see and smell the volcano from their house. Listen for the part where my little cousin describes in English uh, the colors and <laughs> my you can see my cousins around him reacting like how did you even know those English words and he's constantly doing stuff like that but yeah they have their own perspective on the volcano some of it was surprising to me some of it seems like it makes a lot of sense but uh, I, I hope you enjoy their their experience of it as well can you actually see it from your house uh, we can see the glow and we can see the smoke coming from it. And the smell, how do you describe the smell? Do you smell it? Uh, not here, no, not really. Sometimes. Yeah. Just just a little bit. But, but the gases that uh, are coming from it, they are uh, odorless. But you can sometimes smell like, uh, I don't know, sulfur. Right. And you can see it. You can see like the Yeah, smoke. you can see yeah, the mist yeah. Or, or yeah, the, the it can be gray and yellow and 
So, uh, have you two seen the volcano in person? Uh, not me, not them. I will, I've, we've seen the lava uh, flow that's uh, coming far from it. Uh, yeah, you can you can see it from one of our uh, high, uh, one of our roads. But and uh, Robert, they show it on the road with me. What did it look like, Robert? Could you see it very well? like sliding down the hill and the color like red and orange and you know like combined nice how does he know the word combined yeah that's a good word that's a real good word I'm trying to remember the words for red and yellow. Rauder. Reuter. Reuter. Oh, yellow, yellow. Ullerter. Guller. 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 Yeah, I remember that now. Okay, okay. I've got some other colors too. Blue is blau. Blau. So, Holly, I remember. You know, your classic catchphrase when we come visit is always something about the damn tourists who are, <laughs> who are uh, getting in the way. Are there lots of tourists coming to see this volcano? Yeah, there is, actually. And yeah, a lot from the U.S. Really? Because we, we decided uh, before Europe to open up for tourism, uh, uh, vaccinated tourism. So Delta, United Airlines, Iceland Air, they've actually flown a lot of, of U.S. citizens all over. Okay. Yeah, I just read something about the volcano describing the parking lot over there as like a music festival atmosphere. There's like tons of cars and lots oh, of yeah, people yeah. and yeah. vendors selling food in the parking lot and stuff. Uh, actually, actually uh, not a lot of vendors, but there was like a... A food truck, uh, fish and chips food truck that went there, and uh, our first responders or something. Okay. But but they're all uh, volunteers. Okay. And yeah. they were selling hot dogs and and, and stuff just to nice. found this operation because they they've been monitoring the volcano and the people and. Yeah, I I can imagine. I mean, knowing how tourists get into trouble on like the, the beaches and cliffs and stuff that this could be a dangerous place. You haven't Actually, heard of any accidents, have you? There was uh, one American who got lost yeah. for a, a few days. Or so he found, found uh, within 24 hours, but he, he, uh, his wife went for the, to the car and he decided to stay a little bit longer, take a few more pictures, and then went the other way. <laughs> he, wow. he, he lost his bearings and uh, injured himself a little bit. And it took them actually quite a time to find him because yeah. I mean, he was uh, dressed like the, the surroundings. And <laughs> So never wear a rock-colored coat to Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lava covered coat otherwise it hasn't like changed your life a whole lot it's just like 
do you think it's interesting oh. or is it like whatever it's just happening yeah, yeah. Whatever. basically whatever it's it's we are happy if if uh, we have the tourists come over again to see at that and, and maybe more tourists on Sudanesian. We we the economy runs on tourism and fishery. That's our two main main incomes really. But one thing that has influenced us with the volcano is that uh, like kindergartners and uh, uh, elementary schools have to the pollution is monitored from the volcano and then it decides and affects the school work so sometimes the pollution is bad enough to have them keep the kids at home yeah no i'm not not home but inside okay yeah so yeah. they can't go out and play or, or recess or, or anything that's too I bad yeah. or something like that oh yeah so you uh, running the daycare, you keep an eye on the yeah. pollution levels, and yeah. wow, that must be an added hurdle, or kind of stressful, actually, to think about all that. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, there are there are a few uh, 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 monitoring devices <laughs> around, and they just let us know which direction it's going, and if it's going the other way, it's fine. Okay. Wow. Well, that that's great. Have you had to do this before? Uh, like in 2010, when that other big, when Eyjafjallajökull erupted? Not around, no, not around here. No. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not around here. We had like from the 2010 eruption, there was like asphalt that came here, but the pollution wasn't that small. Okay, huh. that's good. But when when twenty uh, the Eyjafjallajökull eruption was it, it ruined uh, uh, the the fields for the farmers and and everything. So right, but, No, not ruined, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it ruined that harvest. That harvest On the time, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but actually now. It worked like uh, a fertilizer, and and it's blooming now. Wow. Area, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. There's yeah. always trade-offs to all these things. Yeah. <laughs> Good things and bad things. Yeah. So, uh, Arun and Oli, did both of you go on the helicopter? Yeah. What was that like? How did you find the helicopter? What made you want to do that? I was searching for a birthday present for her. <laughs> was it so a good it was either one? Either that or a hotel room. And there wasn't any fun hotel room, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What, what did you both think of it uh, once you got up close and personal? What did you think uh, of it? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, so volcanoes are normal, like. They're all over Iceland, but they're not normally this close. And you don't no. normally get to be that close to them. Is that right? It's too close now. We, we, we are not going. 
<laughs> was it like a movie? I mean, when I, I saw one of the pictures you took from the helicopter, and I just imagined it would be like really hot. And it was. It was. Yeah. He said it was around 1500 degrees Celsius. Celsius. Yeah. 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 They needed to uh, switch doors and stuff like that on the helicopter, like every two weeks or something. They were like melting off. Not like, off. <laughs> getting, they were starting to get that damage that they can't. It doesn't provide the security it's supposed to. Wow. Yeah. Okay. When we went outside, it was a bit windy though, but it was really hot. You just felt it right away. Wow. And like when you're close to it, does it smell and like feel like you like feel it in your nose, like just fumes and stuff? Maybe it was too windy or something, but I just smelled like something was burning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. So the real question is, what are you going to do for Oli on his birthday to top that experience? <laughs> it's a secret. Okay. okay. I'm, st I'm still working on it. <laughs> She's going to throw you into the volcano, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I better behave. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so we, we, would you do it again? Or would you recommend other people fly over a volcano? Um, yeah, I would recommend it. But it costs a lot. So special occasions are best then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There was a, a family there, and the children were playing on the lava. And when people, when the security were talking to them, they was just angry. That's frustrating. Yeah. They think, well, we paid all this money to come out here and see it. We're gonna mm -hmm. do whatever we want out here, but. Yeah. Yeah, there's the tourists giving all of us tourists a bad name. <laughs> well, I but need you all. Tourists. You are family. So. Okay, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, here's to hoping uh, COVID ends officially soon and we can all do some more traveling without worrying about it. And Oh, yeah. Oh, that should be lovely. Yeah. Okay. My family would be Fiolamin. Fiolskida. Fiolskida. Yes. Fiolskida. Yeah. You too. Ah, 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 yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Peace and love. Bye bye. This episode was created and produced by Natalie Gatormson and Will Beaton. Thank you always to Lindy Voppenfeard for allowing us to play his song, Give Some Love, during our introduction. And thank you to all our guests for taking the time to talk with us. You can learn more about Icelandic culture and heritage on our website, www.icelandicroots.com, by signing up for our newsletter, and by following Icelandic Roots on social media. Every month, Icelandic Roots hosts a series of events both for members only and the general public. On November 9th, we welcome G. Jökull Gíslason, 
author of the book Iceland in World War II, A Blessed War, as our guest speaker for a free webinar open to the public. Jukic will share a PowerPoint presentation with photos from the occupation of Iceland by the British, Canadian, and American militaries. He will describe the effects of the war on Icelandic society and the immense economic impact the war had on his country, and why Icelanders refer to World War II as the Blessed War. For more information on these events and future events, please visit our website, www.icelandicroots.com forward slash event dash calendar.